Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the 615 Preps Podcast for the 2020 season. I'm your host, Chris Brooks, and I got to say, Scott Burton, it's glad to be back for season two for us. That's right, man. It's uh, The show's so nice, we're doing it twice. Right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Now we hope that everybody out there is uh, is surviving the uh, COVID nineteen coronavirus or cabin fever, whichever cabin one. Cabin fever, you know, you haven't. Uh, you haven't One's co- probably cost the other. You haven't cooked the kids yet, or <laughs> maybe you have. I don't or, know. Or cooked things you shouldn't have. Yeah. But, uh, well, that's another story for another day. I was going to say uh, uh, my uh, culinary skills have either peaked or declined, depending on where you think I started. <laughs> Such is this off season for all of us, and the oh coaches and players have been chomping at the bit to try to get back going again. Uh, it's been weird with COVID nineteen and all of the changes that have been brought about as a result of it. Yeah, uh, it it really is strange, and and there's so much uncertainty still surrounding a lot of this. But you know, as far as I'm concerned, like Nick Fury. Until the world decides to end, we're going to continue like it intends to spin on. But one thing that did come out, at least on our end, you know, and we want to say thank you to all of you who participated in our helmet bracket during March and our uniform challenge in April. That was a big success. We, we, We were really, really pleased with the way it turned out. And, Again, thank you all for participating. It, it meant a lot to, to get so many people interested in it. Oh, my gosh. It, it was great. It, it, the participation that we got and the encouragement from everybody, uh, you just can't put that into, into words how much that was appreciated and, and really made us uh, – kept us excited during that offseason and, and into all the uncertainty as the school year wound down. Yeah. And a lot of the 2020 seniors missed a lot of the spring and spring practice, nothing. Spring scrimmages off the table. Uh, so really, we were sitting there for four months trying to figure out, you know, what's going to go on, if anything. And Chris, you you've attended more of these than I have. How healing, or how how encouraging is to actually go out to some of these practices and see these kids at least getting some sense of normalcy in in as much as I can. Well, I'll tell you, it's been pretty spirited. The ones that I've seen, just the attitude of the kids being out there and getting to hit each other when they finally got the go-ahead to resume contact, that, that's been a big deal for a lot of people just because it's a little bit of, of normal in something that's far from it. Yeah, and you can tell because the the, the one that I attended uh, was very well attended by parents and, you know, st- you know, some students, I imagine, some younger kids, just just to get a taste of that yeah. sense of uh, that you haven't lost everything. That, that you know, there's it's, it's really almost it's very hopeful. Yeah. Uh, when you when you come down to it, that we can that that if we can adapt and, and if we can find a way to coexist with this situation by doing everything that is possible to keep people as safe as possible and i do want to point out that the one we both attended there wasn't a ton of mask wearing from people but there was a lot of social distancing so i think in that regard yeah, people are at least you know somewhat trying to take it seriously but the thing was that and when i looked up in the in your right there was not a whole lot of mask wearing but if i looked it was almost like they had their own pods yeah they, they had their own families together and then you'd see a gap of seats so i think that people are smart 
for the most part in that, but you know, you're always going to have uh, doubters, naysayers, sure. and people who insist that uh, that the rules don't apply to them. But yeah, you, know, you know, we want we want high school football to continue. We want yep. high school sports. We want uh, senior years for our our kids uh, to be as normal as possible and to have the things that you know teenagers just two years ago were taking for granted yeah. uh, and parents were taking for granted and coaches and podcasters. Right. Yeah. You know, so, you know, yeah. you, you want to stay hopeful, but bottom line is that you want what's best for the student athletes. And there's nothing normal about this preseason. Like I said, with no scrimmages between teams, no seven on seven, they were limited in the number of days they could actually have contact. They, they have basically the bare minimum to be able to start on time in some places. Now, that's not the case for everywhere. Metro Nashville is not going to start at least until after September 8th. Clarksville is going to miss at least the first two weeks. Memphis is out probably for five weeks, and that's going to impact some schedules here. How, how does that, in, in your opinion, I know, and I know everything's still fluid. Everything is still fluid. Nothing is a given. But for Memphis, how does that affect them as far as – I guess if everybody's on the same schedule, then making the postseason is the same for everybody. Well, if they're all in the same district, yeah, it would be. But if they're in a district with teams outside that county, the ones who can play will get wins as far as seeding is concerned. That's the big thing as far as you know, playoffs would be this year. So, And the same thing for Clarksville. Now, Clarksville and Metro's stoppages will only really affect maybe one region week. So they're not going right. to be nearly as damaged as Memphis teams would be, but they're all going to be in their own regions. So they'll deal with that, and they'll figure out a way to seed the teams accordingly. But the scheduling the scheduling fallout from those changes really impacted the first three to five weeks of the season for several teams around here. And there are still some teams that are still trying to dig out from that, right? They're still trying to scramble and find some other some other games. Yeah, to my understanding, there's still several teams that have two or three open dates at this point. Uh, they'll, I think they'll get them filled before we start playing, but uh, it's tough on coaches because they have to find somebody and try to balance between you know having enough home games versus not wanting to go a long distance. There are a lot of considerations that they've got to take into account when they look at a potential opponent. So Yeah, especially uh, some of those schools that may have scheduled opponents that are actually outside the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because you have to take into account what those school systems are allowing. Right. To do. Brentwood Academy is one of those. They had several out-of-state games on their schedule. They now have local opponents in the first couple of weeks. Right. So, but we'll get to them in, in a different episode for our previews. These are our preseason shows. We're talking about as many teams as we can in this area. But, I mean, there's there's some that are going to be out for a couple of weeks, and we can't really get a feel on them because they – Clarksville, for instance, is not having contact. Metro right now is not having contact. So those but, coaches are still waiting to try to figure out what the teams are looking like. But they've, they've got their acclimation, the heat acclimation. They done, are. Correct? Right. Yeah, they're in, that, they're in that stage. They're good to go there. They just got to get a green light to start hitting. Right. So, you know, this off season has been unlike anything we've ever seen, but you know, we're at least close enough to tell you that football looks to be happening. And, and but something that you said, it's all fluid. This yeah. 2020 season is going to be fluid for a lot of different reasons. So, right now, one thing I did see that was kind of encouraging. Now, 
and I don't know, uh, just at the practice that we saw the little uh, inter-squad scrimmages mm-hmm. was the officials out there. Yep. Um, I'm glad to see those guys were out there. Uh, yeah. They were masked up, yeah. and some of them were. And then, um, you know, it's just going to be really interesting to see what the school systems do, but everybody's working in the same direction. Everybody's everybody's rowing in the same direction. Everybody wants this to happen. Yep. Um, that, but they want it to happen in the safest way possible. Right. So, and something that you mentioned about the officials. Now, of course, we've been talking about an official shortage for uh, some months now. Mm-hmm. You know, if college football is, if it doesn't happen this fall, something teams might consider would be moving games to Saturday and alleviating some pressure on the officials. I know the official may ask them to do that. Or they already ask them to schedule some games on Thursday night. That would be interesting. Yeah, that would be uh, – because uh, I know that also the NFL is talking about doing the same thing and right. you know, playing games on, on, on uh, Saturday. But for high school, that's not really a competition – uh, that you you usually have with between college and high school yeah. on Friday nights, and you could have a you could have a high school game say at eleven o'clock in the morning, right, right on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, you really could. And then you can go home watch NFL the rest of the day. <laughs> you just sound like uh, a football junkie. Hey, some of us are. Some <laughs> yeah. of us are. Some of us no. it's seven days a week. So I don't think we'd be doing this if we weren't. This is true. You're, you make a valid point there. <laughs> But uh, no, it's been a it's been a weird off season. But for us, it's been a good off season. We actually rebranded as Six One Five Preps. If you remember last year, we were called Mid State Preps Plus. We just thought it might be a little easier to rolls off the tongue it, a lot. It better, sounds it? better. It sounds better. Six One Five Preps. You're right. And uh, although although if you aren't in the Six One Five, there are some schools that we cover that aren't in there. This so is true. The plus is silent. <laughs> it's assumed. It is assumed. <laughs> But uh, we're going to get started with some of these preseason previews. We'll get two teams in classes 1A and 2A in this episode, and we're going to do that right after this, so stay with us. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. We're proud to announce a new sponsor this season on 615 Preps. Citizens Bank is going to sponsor our Player of the Week Award. We do this every week. We vote on who has the best performance on this podcast, and we will award that player with a little mini helmet, thanks to 97 Sports Promotions. Scott, Citizens Bank, a couple of locations around Middle Tennessee, but tell me what these guys do first off. Oh, they do uh, just about everything you need online and more. Money market accounts, CDs, IRAs, business and agricultural loans, business services. These guys are your your stop for any online banking or in-person banking. These guys are great. Uh, you can uh, visit their website at cb10.com. That is c-b-t-e-n-n.com. Citizens Bank with three locations in Gallatin, Hartsville, and Hendersonville to serve your needs. And, again, we want to thank them for coming on board to sponsor our Player of the Week Award. Really proud to have that. And some players are going to get some pretty nice, pretty nice little gifts for winning our Player of the Week this year. Absolutely. I'm excited. Welcome back to the show. We're ready to start with Class 1A as far as our preseason show goes. And we have several teams in Region 4 and 1A, Gordonsville, Joe Burns, and Red Bulling Springs among them. Let's start with Gordonsville, Scott. Now, the regular season record last year, you know, didn't leave a lot to be desired, but they turned it on in the postseason and made a quarterfinal run. 
Yeah, they did. Uh, they they lost to South Pittsburgh in the quarterfinal, which that's a pretty hefty team there. Um, you know, their schedule this year is is tough. Now, you know, we talk about schedules. The, I'm going off of what they're yeah, all we can go right. Everything is fluid, but I mean, <laughs> it is what it is for right now. I don't believe their schedule has taken any impacts at this point. No, uh, it, it's uh, it, it's tough. Uh, it's it's kind of a front loaded schedule. They they have uh, Watertown, Smith County before they roll uh, into Pickett County, but uh, this they're they're a really good team. I think. Um, They've got uh, Wyatt Pemberton really is going to be their, their top guy. Uh, he's a wide receiver in safety. Um, he, he's, a, he's a player to watch. Yeah, Pemberton was all-region last year, played a lot of meaningful snaps at both positions. The thing about Gordonsville, they had a lot of freshmen that played last year that played meaningful snaps because of injuries. And, you know, Matthew Albritton was one of those at quarterback. He actually lost – eight games because of injury, came back late in the season to help lead them on that playoff run. He's back as a sophomore, and this offense looks to be pretty well improved with him there. I think so. I really do. Uh, they've got uh, several seniors at the skill positions, too, and that that's helps, especially going into a, a year like this where they haven't had a chance really to, to gel as a team. And it's really going to be difficult because that's usually a good sign uh, – for the defense. And three of those seniors didn't play football last year, so they're kind of new out to the team this year, yep. which is always a good sign when you can get more athletes on the field. They think that they're a deeper, faster team than last season. And, you know, I actually got to go out there for a visit a couple of weeks ago, and it kind of showed in, in the way they were moving on the, on the offensive side of the ball. Eight starters back on offense, ten on defense. So, you know, they've got plenty of experience coming back from that team last year. The biggest hurdle is going to be, you know, when you get to the playoffs, you're probably going to run into South Pitt again. Right. Uh, they have a really good chance uh, to, you know, to battle for the top of this, uh, top of this region. Yep. Uh, it, it's going to, you know, that Clay County game is going to be the the one you have to circle. Really, yep. I think September 18th, they they host Clay County in that game. Now, Monterey was unbeaten last year, but they lost in the first round and they lost quite a bit. So. I think that the Monterey Wildcats drop off and, and fall out of the top spot of this region. So that Clay County-Gordonsville game really matters for this region as far as, as who takes the top spot. I agree. I think that I think it's a, it's a really a two-horse race here. Yep. And, uh, and Gordonsville's gotten themselves in a position to, to come out on top. Yeah, they would be in the playoffs for the fifth consecutive year as long as they make it, but they've got higher expectations than that. So the door is open for them. It's just a matter of you know, whether this – this team can take that next step and be better than their record was last year. The schedule's tough. Uh, it may not necessarily show all that much in the in the regular season record, but I think you'll see some improved performances from them, and, and they can make a deep run. Now, right as of right now, when we talked about the schedule, the playoffs still uh, uh, holding the same as it did yeah. last year. So it's, it's still the top four. Yeah, nothing has changed. Nothing at this has point. changed on that at this point. Yep. So when we talk about the next team on our list. Uh, is a team that uh, that made it last year, and a team that should make it this year actually could make a play for a little bit uh, a little bit of improvement, and that's Joe Burns. Yeah, Tom Atkins, twenty seventh year at Joe Burns, he's eighteen wins away from two hundred. Now he won't get to that mark this year, obviously, because he's not close enough. But 
know, just to be able to have that kind of consistency. This program has had a lot of good years under him. The record last year wasn't great. They only had two wins, but they did finish in fourth place and got into the postseason before South Pitt knocked them out too. Yeah, they got uh, five returning starters on offense, five on defense. Uh, total uh, seniors is it's only seven, yeah. but but still, uh, when you get you know half your starters returning offense, half your starters returning on defense, you you've got some continuity there. Yeah, and I think that uh, that they've they've got a shot to to make some noise. Uh, this Jake Chanot, I watched him last year. He's a Big big receiver. He he played running back. He did a lot of good uh, a lot of good there. I think his best position is wide receiver. He's tall. He makes a big target, and he has speed. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he saw more receiver and Farmer saw more run at running back. Uh, and and that offense is potent. It really is. Now, Eli Farmer was their leading rusher last year. Three hundred sixty yards. He returns as a senior to the backfield as well. Now, you mentioned the offense. Now, last year, other than their two wins, they had some trouble, so they're going to have to find some more firepower. They didn't have 14 points in any game other than their two wins. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, it, it, but I think that this offense is, is poised to, to improve. Yeah, Joe Burns, I don't think we'll have any trouble getting to the playoffs because really in this region, you've got to be Pickett County, Red Bowling Springs to do it. And, and they're, they're outclassing those two teams in normal most no, years. Yeah, nor yeah, usually it's the these are the top four, uh the Clay Counties, the Gordonsville's Monterey's and Joe Burns. Uh that you know, it, it's harder for the other two schools uh to, to break through. It's been done, but it, it's uh it, it is a little bit uh more of a I don't want to say easier. It, nothing's easy. It hasn't been done in this current region setup between right. these these six teams. The same four have gone. Right. And, so, I th- and, I, and I don't see any reason for that to change, yeah, to tell you the truth. I don't think it will either. And Red Bowling Springs is the third team in our region, in, in that region. But yeah. they've just had trouble. I mean, they're under a new head coach again. Sean Link takes over there. It, they, had some, they had some problems last year. Now, they lost. They had to forfeit a game because they had too many players go on vacation during fall break. Right. So. And there was some – and unfortunately, we've not received any information from the school we've no. – We've requested, um, so we we don't. Rebel Springs is really kind of a mystery. You really don't. the The history there has been the number of players yeah. not having enough players. Yeah. My understanding was is that they had more come out, mm-hmm. but I don't know how the current situation has affected that. Yeah. Um. So it, it it's really hard to to know. And it's kind of hard to project that this team will have it to make that push to the offseason. Yeah, their lone, I mean postseason. Their, their lone win last year came over Pickett County. It was a five-point win. They didn't score more than 14 points in any other game, finishing one and eight. Right. They haven't been to the playoffs since 2014. That was their last winning season. It's just been – it's been tough times in Red Bowling Springs for, for a number of reasons, and, and obviously the – the roster size is first and foremost among them. Yeah, I mean, economically, that area is just—it's difficult for them to maintain, uh, you know, that many that many players. So let's move on. Let's go on to Region Five. There's only one team that we have in Region Five of Class Two A, and that's Mount Pleasant. And I got to go out there and and visit with them 
yeah, I was recently. Little, I was a little jealous of that. It's an area that I had. I know that was a, a little bit of a haul, but. I haven't been through there in a long time. I forgot how long it takes to get down there from where we are in Hermitage. So, and it, it was, but, you know, when, when your speed limit's 70 miles an hour, most <laughs> of the way there, even off the interstate, it's okay. It doesn't, it's not a bad drive. But uh, Bronson Bradley, in his seventh season, they went eight and three last year, out in the first round. But they're building something there. They've had three straight winning seasons. They've been to the playoffs in back-to-back years. So you know, the Tigers have something going, but they do have some pieces to replace. Yeah, they do. Uh, it's really uh, – the, you know, their top players, Ethan Beasley, he's the two-time All-State and two-time uh, player, uh, region player of the year at linebacker. Um, so they have, they have a, solid, uh, a solid core there at defense. Uh, the question is going to be – can they keep up with the rest of the region? Um, you know, it, it's they've got uh, Travis Strayhorn at quarterback, and last year was a backup. So you have a new quarterback coming in. Uh, you know, you haven't had a whole lot of time to install everything. So it's going to be real interesting to see how that offense, uh, how that offense does. Yeah. Beasley also one of their one of their backs in that single wing offense and other packs Jeremiah Dobbins, Latante Patton, Dobbins and Patton are also two year starters on defense and a lot of these kids are playing both ways, so their impacts are felt on both sides of the ball at Mount Pleasant. They finished third last year because Fayetteville had to forfeit games because of an ineligible player, so you know they were originally going to be fourth. Where this team falls in that region, you know, they're going to have to compete with Cornersville and Moore County for those spots in the top two yeah and their their schedule is definitely front heavy after after the summertown opener you know they get that summertown opener but then you get richland and then fayetteville who you have to figure is you know going to come out with with a chip on their shoulder this year after after last and then cornersville so they're going to have to jump out of the box quickly yeah and and, and solve whatever you know offensive woes they have. They they did a good job on offense for the most part last year, and their defense again is is outstanding. So if they can maintain that, yeah, I, I don't see why they would have any problem uh, challenging for maybe not the top spot, but maybe at least for the third, you know, possibly spot a that. top two finish there. Yeah, possibly. Now, but now the two of the three games that they're going to have to win to move up are on the road. They've got to go at Fayetteville and at Moore County. And I mean, if you're going to pass those teams, you got to go on the road and win those games in in some tough environments. And Fayetteville's not going to be they're not going to be a slouch after what happened last season. So, yeah, that could be that that top four. You know, it could move around a couple of spots, but it's it'll be interesting to see where Mount Pleasant ends up in that season. Yeah, I think uh, Coach Bradley's going to have have his hands full, but it's it's definitely doable. Yeah, but he is optimistic though about the team that's coming out there. He's got some size on the offensive line too, so. Hopefully that'll help them get some get some movement and get some more points this year. Good deal. So that's it for our teams in Class 1A. When we come back, we'll get to Class 2A with uh, some pretty interesting and some pretty talented kids on that side to talk about. But stay with us. This is the 615 Preps Podcast, preseason edition. We're back in a moment. Welcome back to the 615 Preps preseason preview. On to Class 2A now, and you know, Region 4 has become – Pretty hotly contested at the top, Scott, and with the Watertown and Charleston County. Give me a little bit about Watertown. <laughs> you know, the more things uh, change, the more they stay the same. Uh, Watertown, they they did well last year. They were undefeated uh, in the region 
Um, only had a couple of losses outside. Beat Trousdale County in overtime during the season. Then, uh, as you know, as as some people predicted, it it was you know it always goes the opposite way in the in the playoffs. Um, they're an excellent team offensively. They're a really good team. Really balanced. Really, um, Brand. Uh, they got a junior quarterback. I'm sorry. Yeah, junior quarterback Braden Casino. He's a 2,000 yard passer. Yeah, 15 TDs last year. He's got a good target in Quantarius Hughes Malone, who was a co-offensive player of the year in uh, in Region 4-2A. Uh, they, they really are a good team. Uh, it just seems that they s- tend to struggle uh, in the you know against Trousdale County for whatever it's worth. Well, the thing is, I mean, it's the last two years they've beaten Trousdale County in the regular season and won this region and then lost to Charleston County at home in the playoffs. So, you know, it might be time for a different approach unless you're of the belief that the third time's the charm. And I think I think that it – I mean, if, if we're going bold, boldest predictions here, um, I would I think that this may be Watertown's year to, to, uh, to push that. For whatever reason, I just think that uh, – they're they're really a good strong team. They've got nine seniors, I believe. Um, uh, they've got six offensive return, uh, offensive stars returning, five on defense, and and the quarterback being you know that position being having continuity in that. Uh, I think their offense is just going to move to the next level. They put up points. Their defense played really well too last year, so uh, this may be their year. Uh, to 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 make some real noise. So one player I'm going to keep my eye on is Jordan Kaysen, and he's one of their offensive starters. But I think his impact is even more felt at linebacker. He had 112 tackles last season, and 17 of them came for a loss. So he's one of those that can get in the backfield and, and make plays on the defensive side of the ball. Watertown, I mean, you're right. It could be Watertown's year, but there's that big hurdle in Hartsville by the Creek Bank named Trousdale County that's going to be, again, a, a threat to go to, to Cookville for the state championship. Yeah, that's at Trousdale. So that's that, a, is, that is a week three game, and it is our spotlight game of the week for week three. So I will be there for that game, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that one because it's been really good the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm a little jealous of that one. That's, yeah. uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's one of those games that you circle when it comes out, and I don't care if you have a dog in the hunt or not. Yep. You know it's going to be a good game. Yep. And you know that it's going to have it's a in all for all intents and purposes, it's a playoff game in the first three weeks of the season. September fourth is the region championship game in this region. Exactly. It is. So yeah, I, I think that uh I think that again, the only thing gonna keep them in front of that is gonna be uh, I believe our next team. And then you talk about the Yellow Jackets, Trousdale County, you know, they got by Watertown in the quarterfinals, but you know, ended up losing a heartbreaker in the semifinals. Otherwise, they would have been in the Blue Cross Bowl in Blake Satterfield's first year as a head coach. They finished 11-2, and two, but they've got some pieces to replace. And they lose Tavares Claiborne, Kobe Ford, Ben Chumley, and other key c- contributors. So on offense, you've got to look at an all-state guy in Cameron Rankins at fullback in that wing T set. He's coming back and really ready to do some damage with them. Yeah, but I, I think the the player that you have to circle is the quarterback Jaden Hicks. Yep. 
watching him last year uh, when we went to Macon County and watched him play, um, he p- made most of the plays with his with his legs. Yeah. But there was that one beautiful play that he made on that one long bomb to the mm-hmm. tight end, hit him dead in stride. Yep. He has talent. Yeah. Now, if, if he can improve his decision-making, and so where teams can't bunch up on the run, then and, and and really do well and and manage to hit the the wide receiver. I think he's got a, a senior wide receiver and Alex Ford, who's somebody to watch. Yeah, they're going to do well on offense. They they just need to they just need some continuity and some confidence. I think. Yeah, and, and Ford, interestingly enough, didn't play last year. He's a newcomer this year for this team, and it's one of those situations where you get a senior that that they convince them to come out and play football and they come out and can make an impact. And I think he might be one of those kids that can do that. The offensive line for this team, though, is going to be really important for them. Mason Bassford, Cason Payne, both seniors, they've they've had some experience starting up front for them. And juniors like Jess Holder and Lucas Scruggs, this is a line that's – they've got some beef up front and they just pound teams into submission. Yeah, we talked about uh, Watertown having some – Having some returning starters, Trousdale has seven on offense, seven on defense, mm-hmm. and twelve seniors. Yeah, so they're going to be they're going to be solid. There's a lot of continuity there as well. It's going to be a really good, uh, I think, a really good year for them. They also have some new players. Uh, they acquired a quarterback slash corner who's a junior from Friendship Christian and Mason Maddox. Uh, that looks to be uh, he, he could be in the mix and allow allow them to do some extra things, some other things. Yep. Um, it's it's really going to be an interesting year. But like you said, Alex Ford coming in as a new player, I think really he looks to 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 really be one of the impact guys you got to look at this year. Yeah. But I think it really is going to depend on just how good the quarterback position is. Yeah. Right. Hicks, Hicks did a really, really good job for them last year, and I expect that to be no different this time. So, interesting stat about the Yellow Jackets. In, in, the, in the teams that we cover, there are 89 of them. They have 32 consecutive playoff appearances. That's the most in the area. It's the longest streak of any team in this area. And it's and that is amazing to me for, this, for a county that size. Yep. And you say the little guys can't. And Trousdale County just comes out and shows you how. Yeah, yeah. And, and coincidentally, that's also 32 consecutive winning seasons, second most in the area only to Brentwood Academy. The last time they didn't make the playoffs or have a winning record was 1987. Wow. Yeah. That's the kind of standard that is being set in Hartsville. They expect it, and they go out and do it. So that September 4th game against Watertown is, is a must-see. Oh, absolutely. Now, East Robertson finished third last year, and you can't talk about East Robertson without talking about Taylor Groves, who arguably is the best player in this region at any position. No, you're absolutely right. It, he He's – I mean, East Robertson is – you know, they made the playoffs last year. Um, you know, they were three and two in the division, five and six. But – uh Really, Groves is what what makes them go. He he is a, a very solid player. Yeah, he's a talented receiver, but he might be a better defensive back, and that's what a lot of schools are looking at him to be 
at the next level. And he's just a junior this season. So we're going to see two more years of this young man really improving and being an, an impact player for the Indians under Atley Pond. In his second year, they'll look to try to prove on a five and six finish. They've got to look up at Watertown and Trousdale County, but there's no reason East Robertson can't get to the playoffs again. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, you, again, you're looking at uh, six offensive starters returning, seven on defense, seven seniors. Uh, you know, uh, you said uh, Taylor Groves. You also have Bryce Brown, who is a, who's really solid senior offensive lineman, defensive lineman uh, for that team. They, their defense can, can really do some things, I yeah. think. Um, Cameron Smith, again, uh, an, another senior uh, lineman. So they're going to be able to push some people around, be able to uh, get some things done, I think. They also have a sophomore quarterback, Colin Cook, is back after playing as a freshman. So you know, he and Groves are just going to get that chemistry even more improved this season. I, I expect some big things from that duo. But, again, you know, they're looking at Watertown and Trousdale County. They've got to find a way to – Keep those games competitive and at least you know tighten this thing up a little bit, or, or else it's probably third again for them. Right. And, and Westmoreland is you know they were fourth last last year. I, I expect Westmoreland to be fourth again this year. They also another program that didn't give us really any information, um, unfortunately. Yeah, they're one of the the teams that I have circled to visit if I possibly can before the season starts. I'd like to. Uh, because I think they're one of those teams that is, is you know, improving, and I think that they can make a play for that third. I, again, you know, Trousdale County and Watertown, they're going to play for the one-two slots. So it, it really comes down to uh, the other you know, the other two slots, East Robertson. I think, like you said, I think that, you know, we don't know what happened in the season, especially in a season like this. But they – they should at least compete for the third or fourth, uh, for at least grab one of those other ones. Westmoreland should grab one of those spots. Yeah. A couple of kids coming back. Uh, Riker Hodge was a quarterback last season. He comes back as a senior under center. Colin Castile in that wing T offense at tailback, he's back as a senior as well. It's going to be those two that are going to make big contributions because they don't have a lot returning and – from what I understand, from what I could tell from last season. And and they're looking up at the three teams in front of them and they're teams that they didn't play well against at all last year. But they, ha- they have to beat Cascade and Jackson County. And, and this is one of those regions where, you know, you have your haves and your have-nots. And the four playoff teams are, are pretty well – you can pretty well pick them out of a hat before the season starts. Right. And this region's one of those because – there's four that are that are good enough to get there, and there are two that are really struggling and, and not, you know, faring as well at the moment. So Westmoreland and East Robertson probably in those three, four spots and probably traveling on the road. So really, you look at those two teams, and their ceiling is about the second round. Yeah. When you consider that even if you do break through, you're going to have to see one of Trousdale County or Watertown again, and that's a tough draw in the postseason. Yeah, I, I I really think if you're looking at Westmoreland's schedule here, uh, I think you really have to circle that week three uh, game uh, at Jackson County as to you know it, as a key to making the making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's all for Region Four. We've got one more team to go in Region Five, and that's Eagleville. 
and the Eagles, they, they finished third last year in that region, but really you could have thrown them in a hat with Lewis County and Summertown because they all finished with three and two records in that region. They were all, they all beat each other up. So the tiebreakers worked out where Eagleville fell, fell third. So Eagleville won their first playoff game, but wound up losing at Forest in the second round of the Class 2A playoffs. They bring back Marcus Collins at quarterback. He's just a junior. He was one of our players of the week last year in Week 5 after a big game over Community. Oh, that was a huge, huge game. Yeah, and when he combined for six touchdowns. It, they have they have three seniors up front, Damian Stingley, Mason Russell, and Oscar Guerra, who are going to really need to provide some leadership up front for Eagleville's offense. Yeah, they they have some tough battles early, I think, on their schedule, but uh, they get that four-game homestand in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be big for them. Uh, again, you know, Marcus Collins, I think that quarterback junior there, I think he's going to be the key to exact, exactly how successful. But I think that Eagleville, you know, has a, has a, a good chance to, to lock up uh, a playoff spot in this, in this region. They may not be able to catch Forrest, um, but, um, and Lewis County is, is, is tough too, but I honestly believe that they've got what it takes to make a play for the, one of the top two spots. Yeah, and, and those games, September 25th at home against Moore County, October 16th at Summertown, they're going to really be the key games as to where they fall. You know, they're at four September 4th, and we'll get a good read on them in that game, but those two later region games are going to be critical to where they finish in this region. So That's it for Class 2A, and that is actually it for this episode. You know, We've got a few more of these to come. We've got a few more classes to go over and a lot of more teams to talk about before we kick off on August. August 20th, actually, is really the first night because there are some Thursday night games in this area. But uh, August 21st are when a lot of teams will get going. So right. it's almost here. We're ready for it. I hope you are, too. And we're going to talk about some more teams in the next few episodes to get you ready for the 2020 season. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ready. I'm 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 psyched. I'm psyched. Just just everybody, everybody, be like Bane. Wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. Thank you for joining us. This is the Six One Five Preps Podcast, and we will see you soon. Six One Five Preps Podcast is a production of B Squared Media LLC.